on today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I just got back from a brewery and I'm kind of drunk. Like more than usual. Um, but we had a lot of news this week. Uh, the Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame. Some people, well, actually one person, uh, Cesaro leaving WWE. Some people allegedly signing with AEW. Some turmoil in the Bullet Club. And we've got the ratings from last weekend's Elimination Chamber premium live event. Boy, was that fun. And then weekly recap, uh, Chad and I went to Raw this week. So we're going to talk about our journey up to Columbia and all the fun stuff that happened with that, plus all the other weekly shows this week. Um, SmackDown leading into Elimination Chamber, the fallout from Vengeance Day on NXT 2.0, and more lead up to AEW Revolution with Dynamite and Rampage this week. I would say all in all, a decent to good-ish week in wrestling, probably, other than Elimination Chamber, but we'll talk about that. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. Chad, are you ready to go? Yep. Oh, let's go. Welcome to episode 45 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan, and I'm joined by Chad. Chad, how you doing? Not as good as you are. Well, yeah, I just got back from uh, Holy City Brewing with the fam, including my son. He had his, I want to say, this was his, no, I think this was his third outing at a brewery so far. In his two months of life, it's been pretty awesome. And he just slept the whole time. It was great. We just got to sit there, enjoy some great beers and some good food. Very good food at Holy City. Holy City. I love their food, man. I'm uh, on my first day of not feeling like total garbage. I woke up the morning after our trip to Raw not feeling great and uh, only went downhill from there. So, Which is crazy because you didn't even really drink. I had some beers at the restaurant, but after that, I just drank water and had a cup of ice cream, but <laughs> I felt terrible for like two days after was, that trip. That was funny. God. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about We'll talk about our trip to Raw when we get to Raw. God, it was. I, I had just as much fun, like with everything outside of the venue as I did inside the venue. So I guess that kind of says like. If you've watched Raw, you kind of can tailor that to how fun outside of it was. But 
it it was it was an all right show. It wasn't the best. There were things that we were hoping for. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. <laughs> um, let's get into the news. I would say the first piece of news, I think the oldest piece of news at this point that happened probably like between recording and actually putting out the episode last week, the Undertaker is officially announced as the headliner for the WWE Hall of Fame this year. Deservedly so. Kind of I long feel like overdue. Long overdue. Uh, I feel like everyone kind of saw this one coming because it's in Texas. Um, the big question out there is who should induct the Undertaker into the Hall of Fame? I saw a poll that WWE posted that had Kane, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and somebody else. Vince McMahon. I, I think the was it Vince McMahon? Yeah. Yeah. That's a no on that one. Um, I think it's only make I don't know if Triple H's health is like good enough for him to go out there and do that. So I've said from the beginning, I want Shawn Michaels to do it. I think he would do a much better job than Kane would just because he's a more lively entertainer. Kane would just say big words and stuff because he's an English major. And he, he's the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. And, you know, yeah. he, uses he would big just say words big words and confuse all of us. Yeah, I don't need Kane, derpy derp Kane derping me out i need sean i just think it would be i think it would be funny if if uh he ended up like getting like all done up in his cane costume again like one one more time just to induct the undertaker like when they had the the undertaker 30 year ceremony or whatever at survivor series when everyone came out and they were all wearing suits and then kane came out and he, he was dressed up as kane and he was the only one in his in his costume that would be funny if he did Is that, that. The one where like the uh, the bushwhackers randomly came out and Jeff Hardy was out there. Yeah, and it made no sense. <laughs> so who would who would be like some off the wall like funny person that would actually make sense though to induct the Undertaker? Ric Flair. Ooh, I was thinking Teddy Long. Ooh, yeah, Teddy. That te- Teddy Long would be good. I didn't even think of that. Teddy Long That'd would have a good some one. zingers. I'm going to put us all in the Hall of Fame with The Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> I've also thought of like, I mean, this is probably one of, no, I would say at, to this point, like the biggest, most deservedly so Hall of Fame induction like ever to this point, I would say like, just, just like th- this is like the biggest no doubter of all time. So I wouldn't even mind if we had like multiple people coming out and doing speeches. Like I've seen people online saying like, he should be the only member of the Hall of Fame this year and just have a bunch of people do induction speeches. I would Whoa. not mind that at all. Well, they got to do their their normal stuff. I would say that makes sense if we cut down the, the size, maybe minimize it to just like him as like the only wrestler. And then maybe, maybe like, do maybe like, like him, maybe do, him, a tag team, a woman and like an old school. Yeah, do like your old school inductees, like the, the class of like wrestlers that we've never heard of. They always do. Maybe do like their celebrity, maybe even get rid of like their male or woman or tag team and narrow it down to just like the celebrity, the the induction of the people that we've never heard of. They always do like the five or six people that are like oldies, but goodies, I guess. Um, sure. And they don't even like have people induct them. They just like put up a PowerPoint and they call it good. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, maybe do like that, a celebrity, one other person, the undertaker. I think that would be perfectly fine. I don't think we need to go too far. Is Batista ever going to get inducted after he was announced? Uh, I, he's next year, I think. When they're in Hollywood, LA, when they're in LA, yeah. Huh. I mean, he was supposed to get inducted what? Two years ago? 
two years ago or last year? One of the two. Jeez. Hopefully it happens. He's also deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, other stuff. So this was, I guess we're not really going in order now because I don't remember what order all this stuff happened in, yeah. but um, Cesaro. That broke yesterday. That broke yesterday. Uh, Cesaro yeah. did uh, contract renewal. Did not happen. Cesaro no longer a part of WWE. Yeah, I I read some stuff on this today that said that he never intended to leave, but the offer he got was just significantly below what he was expecting. Right, and they couldn't come to terms too late in the term. I mean, in the contract, and it expired because they lowballed him, and he wanted to stay, but the offer was just significantly too low. So, yeah, that's not to say that he wouldn't still like they couldn't still come to terms. Like they probably could still. But they're just the contract has expired to this point. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked on this one if he resigns. I don't know if he's somebody I could see going anywhere else at his age and like really succeeding. I'm not sure if he's really wanting to go anywhere else. Yeah. From everything I've heard is that he wanted to stay. They just they were too far away on the the twilight hour of the contract to to resign before it expired. So yeah. Probably put all their co- the money into Cody Rhodes's contract, you know. Ooh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that is still, ha- I mean, I haven't been looking a whole lot at the news lately, but like, has it still hasn't been like confirmed, confirmed yet, right? Not confirmed, Cody. Uh, the only thing I've seen is that Sports Illustrated said that someone confirmed Cody went to the Performance Center, but that could just be him meeting somebody in contract conversation. That, could, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean he's doing any promo work or preparing for a comeback or anything. So nothing. Interesting. Confirmed. Interesting. Uh, other stuff. Um, I don't remember what he's, is, it, is he called Isaiah Swerve Scott called Swerve the Realist now? He did do Swerve the Realist, but I think he's going to go by Shane Strickland, which Shane was Strickland. his original his original name and that's what he's been doing the most work under in the indies so far okay so him and jeff hardy the news is saying they are allegedly signing with aew chad said right before we pressed record here that he's not buying the jeffrey j rumors not that i wouldn't i could totally see it happening i just i read a report today that said it was refuting whatever the word is is contradicting earlier report that Jeff had already said he was going to sign and that there's no deal in place and nothing like that. That's just hopefulness on both parties. So I don't know if there's, I, I just don't know if there's a place in AEW for Jeff Hardy. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of places in AEW for all really anyone at this point, other than yeah, every time someone's someone times with everything that's been happening, so many people showing up, it feels like 2018 WWE all over again, where there's just not enough room for everyone we like that shows up. I mean, for fuck's sake, where's Miro? Uh, you know? Injured? I can name so Sabbath- many people sabbatical? that I that I like that are in AEW that I feel like I never see. Brian Cage. What? Yeah, that was the crazy. Like he also was like fully expect. Like there was also news that came out this week that he was fully expecting his contract to just them to let it expire and they picked up another year option on his contract apparently 
but yet the big bad is only WWE. You know, it's it's it seems like Mustafa Ali on this one. You know, I think they they pick. You know, WWE won't let Mustafa Ali go, but they're not using him. But AEW won't let Brian Cage go, and they're not willing to use him. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're. I don't know. He hasn't wrestled in like he hasn't wrestled in like at like, least six months. Yeah, yeah, it's been a hot minute. I don't know, man. I, I feel like the track the track record though with WWE is. I mean, they've been around for so much longer, but not defending. Well, I agree place. with you there. Yeah, yeah, it's just. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's just no more room for people in the AEW roster without there's me not. feeling need- upset about somebody getting left out. You know, yeah, there's not there's no room at all for anyone else anymore. It's just ridiculous how many people they have now. It's the roster is so stacked with wrestlers that I enjoy watching. That's why that's what makes AEW can't miss for me is because like pretty much every match that they put on has at least one person in it that I'm really invested in watching. Jade Cargill versus the bunny. Pretty much every match. <laughs> Wow, I would have said that didn't have anyone to interest me, but you know, I said pretty much every match has one. <laughs> high high percentages, not guaranteed one hundred percent though. I get yeah, so saying. pretty much every match, but not every match. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like ninety five percent of matches that air on TV. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's make <laughs> that specific because I will never watch dark, dark elevation. elevation. Oh my god. Did you ever end up watching NXT Level Up? No, I totally forgot. So you just mentioned it right now. I got to do that today. Oh, all right. More to come on that next week, I guess. Yeah. Um, let me, let's uh, let's say that for next week. Let me check it out from this week and ne- last week, and uh, I'll let you guys know. All right. The last little bit of news. Uh, this is more coming out of Impact's No Surrender pay-per-view. Bullet Club Turmoil. I haven't watched this yet. But I know what happens, and Chad has watched it. So, Chad, why don't you go ahead and take the lead on this one? Yeah, uh, one of the uh, the first members of Bullet Club, Tama Tonga, has been kicked out of Bullet Club by a leader, Jay White, and in kind of like the opposite role of what everyone what always happens. I mean, we have like five previous leaders, and Jay White's the leader now. And in the past, it's always been someone like. Tama Tonga, who's like coming up and it feels like they're going to be the next leader. And before they can take the role by exiling the previous leader, Jay White kind of turns on Tama Tonga and kicks him out and then does some changing with the group. He says that Bullet Club is forever, accepts the good brothers back into Bullet Club, takes the underhanded uh, too sweet and is putting it back up top again like they used to do in the, the original days of Bullet Club. Whoa. And a lot of stuff coming out this week between uh, New Japan Strong stuff and Impact Wrestling on a big change is coming within Bullet Club here. And I was shocked that Tama Tonga was the one to get kicked out. He's I mean, he's a founding member. Yeah, that's that was crazy to hear. Like, I legitimately always thought that he was actually for life and that he would never not be in Bullet Club. That was the craziest part to me is that it was him and not yeah, somebody I guess else. Bad luck Fale is going to be the only one who's going to never leave the company, leave the group because well, is at it, this is point, it, is it Tama and Tonga Loa? 
Uh, well, they only hit Tama Tonga because Tonga Loa was like out of the ring. I don't know what they're going to do with Tonga Loa. I don't know if the Gorillas of Destiny are going to leave together. I would assume they're gonna, so. I would assume so because they're like real life family. So like I would assume so, but I'm not sure. I just know that Tama Tonga was the one in the 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 crosshairs of Jay White and the Good Brothers and Chris Bay at uh, No Surrender, which was hell of a pay-per-view, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to try and watch it this weekend. But yeah, that's really all I have for news. Though I mean, really, the only other thing that happened this week was they had the wrestler observe uh, the wrestling observer newsletter awards, which just made for so much good content on Twitter because so many people were just like up in arms, like I cannot believe this shit. Um, I'm not yeah. going to get into the weeds with that because it w- it was just hilarious to see just unfold online. That's uh, uh, Dave Metzler's newsletter, right? Yeah. It's just like yeah. people taking it way too seriously. Like he's God and country, like, and is the only person's awards that matter. And then other people are like, who actually have a sound mind, like who gives a fuck? Like just watch the wrestling that you enjoy. Who gives a fuck what somebody else says about it? Just watch, just do what makes you happy. You know, I mean, it is the reason why I like pro wrestling illustrated awards better is because those are usually voted on by the fans. Yeah. So it's yeah. That, when, that, when is, the fans are saying these are who I like the best, I I like to stick to those and be like that should mean something way more than Dave oh, Metzler's yeah. opinion. I mean, he's yeah. almost Jim Cornette these days. It feels like he's very AEW biased. Very very AEW biased. He used to be very New Japan biased, and now it seems like he's very AEW biased. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um. All right. So let's move on. Let's get into beer ratings. From the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, oh, sorry, <clears throat> premium live event that occurred yeah. this past Saturday in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Um, we would usually start with signs, but there weren't mm. any. Trash. It was trash. Um, this whole pay-per-view was trash. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Premium live event. Yep, this whole I will thing, never get used to that. This whole thing was just not good. Uh, th- I mean, there's probably people that enjoyed portions of it. I, uh, I mean, just scrolling through the card here, real quick. What was your match of the night? What was your What was your favorite match? Boy, the I women only picked the two that I chamber, thought was good. Like the women's was, chamber, I would say was the best. What was your like? This match should not have been as good as it was match on the card. McIntyre and Madcap, maybe. McIntyre and Madcap. Those are the only two that I remember sitting down while we were watching this and being like, this isn't bad. Like, if I were to go back, like, those are the only rewatchable matches. The rest of it is just like, oh, my God, this is horrendous. The kickoff show and that's match not to, was yeah, not that's terrible. That's not to say that Miz and, Myster- or, uh, yeah, Miz and Mysterio was bad. It's just it was on the pre-show. And I don't even yeah. know how to go back and watch the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm getting old. Uh, let's talk about that, though. The Rey Mysterio and The Miz, it was moved to the pre-show. Um, you and I, uh, we both picked The Miz in our predictions last week. Um, this was before we knew that this match was moved to the pre-show. If we would have known at the time that it was on the pre-show, uh, I think we both talked about it, that we would have picked Rey Mysterio to win this match. Percent. And I would still be the Drunk Dude Talking Wrestling Champion if, uh, if I would have known that. But I'm not. No, you're not. But it's pretty obvious, uh, you know, when a match like this, that really, let's be honest, like there's no 
major story going on with it going into the premium live event you can't even like call them ple's like that just doesn't flow like ppv like pay-per-view i don't know i don't be like one of those like things you just grew up to hearing pay-per-view for so long that like premium no, live event just, just doesn't, doesn't sound nearly as good as something you've always flow. anyways it's just once ray mysterio and the miz was moved to the the uh pre-show it was very obvious that ray mysterio was going to win this match um this was our first uh you know, we kind of got our first taste here of like what the saudi crowd was going to be like in this what largest dome in the world or whatever largest closed non-openable nor open air dome completely closed so like if you're thinking about like comparisons the only two i can think of in the united Superdome. states that are comparable are like the mercedes-benz superdome and like the uh What's the Atlanta one? The Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But I'm pretty sure that's... They're both Mercedes-Benz. Okay, those two are the only ones that I know that are fully closable that are on par seating and size-wise with the Jetta Superdome. Um, man, this crowd just thought everything was awesome. Yeah, that's literally what I was about to say. There was a This Is Awesome chant in this match, and it was like they were chanting This Is Awesome for like clotheslines. <laughs> and like punches and kicks and i just you know i disagree. normal style suplex <laughs> but you know you gotta think about it though like they get live wrestling once maybe twice a year and yeah, it seems like twice a year nowadays so yeah, yeah so i can kind of see where they're coming from but like at the same time like so do we like if, if unless you like travel a lot like so do we so it's kind of like what the fuck, but just the amount of shit at this at this show that they were chanting "This is awesome" for was just not worth it at all. Um, Dominic Mysterio got ejected. Uh, it was kind of at that point that I was getting up a hope that the Miz might win, but then Ray ended up winning uh, with a roll up, and this got a beer and a half. I thought it should get more beer because I thought we should uh, put a debut on Dominic Mullet. No. His uh, Eddie Guerrero style mullet should have no. got a debut, but I got turned down on the, the debut of the mullet. We don't do <laughs> debuts for, we don't do debuts or returns for things. For bad hairstyles. Or we, we only do them for wrestlers. And their hair? No. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> This wasn't um, a terrible pre-show. It was. I thought this was this was one of the better. This ones was probably I've seen. number three on the list of matches yep. I would go back and watch. Um. Then then the first match on the card on the main card, uh, Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. And this kind of had us thinking that oh later in the night that because this was going on first that Reigns might interfere in the men's elimination chamber match. You're wrong about that. Um. But. This uh, this match was, um, I mean, it included Goldberg in it, so it was not good at all. I mean, you could say that as many times as you want. Uh, Goldberg was, this was, remember how we were like, man, that Goldberg match wasn't terrible for like the last couple against Bobby Lashley. The Lashley match, yeah. This was the opposite. This was terrible. This was hard to watch. Roman Reigns couldn't save this guy. It, it ended in just like a guillotine. 
Oh my gosh! It just ended in a guillotine, and it, it was, was it was spear, jackhammer, spear, Superman punch, guillotine. That was it. With like, oh my gosh! Let's take five minutes to break for Goldberg's to sweat it out a few minutes before he stands back up in between all those moves. But yeah, those were the only five things that happened. Yeah, and Goldberg bled on his head, which really made me <laughs> upset because I I I said it last week. I was like, man. I thought about picking Goldberg for blood, and I ended up picking... I don't even remember anymore. Oh, Madcap. He bleeds out of the weirdest fucking spots. He's just an old man. He's got thin skin now. He's he's uh, he's basically, I don't know, anemic at this point. <laughs> I don't even know how he did it. Like, literally nothing happened, and somehow the top of his head was bleeding. Nothing happened. It, it basically happened after Roman like slammed his head on the announce table, which... His head didn't even make contact with the announce table. Like it never, like most people don't. Um, yeah. And then his head was just bleeding. It just it really just happened out of nowhere. <laughs> just so kind of turned around and his head was bleeding. Uh, I was really upset about that. Um, Reigns obviously wins with that guillotine. And this also got a beer and a half. Man, the fact that I got a beer and a half still blows my mind. But then there's blood and there was some blood around the ring stuff. Was, yeah. You know, a lot of spears, I guess. So shit happens. I think there was like three spears. I think I think Goldberg hit a jackhammer. He tried. I think he missed. I don't remember. This was like this is over a week or almost a week ago at this point. And I was drinking a lot. So, you know, shit happens. But yeah, then the uh, the next match was the women's elimination chamber match, which we kind of already talked about. I thought was match of the night, and sorry to the ladies, but it still was not the best. Like, I think this just this this premium live event here was just all around not great, and part of it was predictability, and the other part of it was the ending. That just kind of ruined the whole thing for me. Um, this this match in particular was very predictable. I think everyone in our predictions contest picked Bianca Belair uh, to win. And she did, setting up a match between her and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 38. But that's not to say like the journey to get there throughout the match was terrible. Uh, I thought that if there's any match on this card that's rewatchable, it's this one. Yeah, Rhea and Alexa would be the two that I'd point out as like also putting in really good performances other yep. than just Bianca. Rhea, I think she came in third and got most of the eliminations. Yeah, Rhea, Rhea came in third because I was thinking because uh, um, Nikki and Dewdrop got eliminated first and then Liv. So yeah, it was Rhea, Alexa, and Bianca. And when those three were in the ring near the end, there was a lot of good spots between the last four competitors. Once everyone was in, even Liv was hitting some good spots right before she got eliminated. So mm-hmm. I thought the the final four did a really good job here. Um, I just, it was very predictable. I agree. The goddess Alexa Bliss confirmed is not back. Um, even though we kind of thought that she might be after watching Raw last week. Uh, I did. I did really enjoy how they had though in her in her pod in the elimination chamber. 
they had like a, a swing in there. Oh, that was a, a good, a good little thing to throw in there. Um, and the other thing that I thought it kind of seemed like was because I think for elimination chamber matches, it's supposed to be five minutes between people coming in the ring. I, at times, maybe this is just because I was drinking and by this point was probably pretty drunk. Um, I feel like it was like two or three minutes. Yeah, it felt really short. This match felt like it was only like 12 to 15 minutes long. Yeah, um, I don't have the actual match length here in front of me, but I think it was like 20 total, maybe. I don't know. Um not and then also just like not a whole lot of like major highlights to go over here. Um good all around wrestling, but just like not 15 a lot. minutes and 41 seconds, which 5, 10, 15, which is just near it, it's impossible. It is that is impossible. that is literally that is physically impossible to do if it's five minutes for each each like the minimum is 20 minutes and three seconds. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if someone the last person exits the pod and you roll them up. <laughs> it was, yeah, just not a whole lot of like major highlights from this match. But yeah, Bianca Belair wins the match, and she uh, almost said she got this match got two and a half beers. Well, I would have got more if it was a uh, real five minutes. Probably would have been probably would have had some awesome highlights too. But don't worry, the uh, the men's was even shorter. That makes sense, though. But we'll talk about that. Uh, next match, we had a women's tag match. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. Ronda Rousey, um, one arm tied behind her back, and she came out in like uh, her judo getup. I guess is that what she, is that what because that's what she did yeah. before mm. UFC. Yeah. So I guess that was her judo get up. Um, <laughs> one of the notes, one of the notes I put was uh, Sonia wasn't injured with like a bunch of exclamation points and question marks, but we all knew that was coming. <laughs> she still rolled out to the ring in her her sling, and then uh, after the bell rung and she was in the ring, she was like, "Wait!" and then took her sling off like it was some surprise to everybody, like she was gonna roll out there and wrestle injured not a chance this match was the worst match on the whole card Ooh, i hated this i i struggled to pay attention the the whole rondo with an arm behind her fucking back gimmick um that's worn out in WWE over the years and i couldn't stand it this time yeah this match just didn't have enough for me to care yeah and then uh I mean, at the end, Ronda tapped out Sonya Deville, kind of like we all thought would happen. Mm-hmm. Like Sonya Deville was in the match to take the pin or tap out. So pretty obvious, like how that one was going to end. Uh, and it got one and a half beers. Not sure how, but Somehow. it did. Tags. Ta- oh, tags for sure. The lethal, the silent killer. I almost said lethal killer. That's what lethal means. Um then we got the other match on this card that I thought and still think is if you're going to go back and watch this, this is like one of the things you're going to want to watch. Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss in a Falls Count Anywhere match. 
Um, was not bad. Not a whole lot of the falls count anywhere stipulation was really used, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because don't the pin anything. the pinfall ended in the ring. Fact. So yeah, so, sometimes when they do this fall count falls count anywhere, like you think that the the pinfall is going to end somewhere that's not in the ring to like warrant the falls count anywhere match, but then the pinfall ends up happening in the ring, and it's like, what was the point of this? Um, but some it, notes it, it made this, so that. There was no disqualification. So yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't just call it that. But anyway, some notes from this. Uh, I think this is the first time I've heard Madcap's, Madcap Moss's music because usually he enters sure. with Happy Corbin. <laughs> His music starts with joke, joke, joke. Just and then just hits whatever music he's got, which is just generic, like all WWE music is now for people that aren't main eventers. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Um, and then just with the the no DQ slash false count anywhere stipulation, uh, obviously Happy Corbin interferes a ton in this match. Um, and then I would say about, I don't know, it's probably like halfway through the match. Madcap Moss takes one of the ugliest bumps I have ever seen in my life where someone Back was crunch, okay, dude. where he was still okay. One of the ugliest bumps where someone was still okay. He landed on his dome and his neck compressed as his whole body came down on his head. Yeah, it was like a it was like a reverse Alabama slam where he was going to Alabama slam him onto his face. And he like Madcap Moss, head. yeah, he tucks his head and lands like the crown of his head on the mat. His body crunches. It was just disgusting. And we we were all like, we we all cringed. We thought that the match was going to be over. And he was okay. Somehow. He, the ref dove over him to check on him. Like, went full airborne over top of him to, like, get in his face to make sure he was okay. And right then, I think all of us gasped. Like, oh, my gosh, I hope he's all right. Yeah, I mean, as much as like some of the heels in this business or some of the lower mid carters, like you're just like, all right, get this off my TV. And sometimes I think that with Madcap Moss, you never want to see someone injured, period, let alone injured like that. I will say, luckily, that didn't happen here. I will say this is the second time these two have had a match and we've been like, it wasn't terrible. It was yeah. better than we expected. So maybe Madcap Moss is not terrible. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's just got to get rid of the suspenders and, and the like jokes. the jokes and, you know, maybe maybe get rid of Happy Corbin. I don't know. You don't talk that way about Corbin. Well, I mean, if he's going to break out as a star, he's not going to be able to do that as a lackey for Happy Corbin. Let's be honest. You say lackey, but it feels like Baron Corbin's the lackey right now because well, that gets all the matches. I mean, that's because they're going to have McIntyre versus Corbin at Mania. Almost has to be, right? I don't know. They're doing Mad Cat versus Drew again on Friday Night SmackDown tonight. <laughs> they announced it earlier today, and I was like, oh my gosh, a third time? Fuck. <laughs> well, in case you were wondering whether or not I was going to watch... Friday Night Smackdown live tonight. Oh, absolutely not. 
<laughs> the answer is no. Actually, I might because Lesnar is going to be there, uh, which we'll talk about when we talk about Raw. But Lesnar will be there, so I don't know. Maybe my Cowboy Lesnar's back. Might have something entertaining come out of that segment, but who knows? It's probably just going to be talking. One segment is not enough for me to watch live. Well, there's two announced. There's that and the and the rematch. There's 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 Lesnar coming back, and then McIntyre versus Madcap. I think there's which a third thing. Ma- I McIntyre, think McIntyre versus match. McIntyre versus Madcap never disappoints. It, it's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, they also announced the Usos were actually going to do that match tonight. Okay, they didn't do. Oh, okay. So, so while you look that up, um, the end of the match, McIntyre grabs. Uh, Angela, his his sword, tries to kill Happy Corbin with it, <laughs> and then hits a claymore with the sword in his hand. I thought he was going to decapitate a motherfucker, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like one of these days he actually is, or is going to come really close to doing it, and then it's going to be like, all right, Drew, we're going to have to take this away from you. Kind of like like when when a when a child has some toy that could really hurt somebody and they get really close one time and then you have to take the toy away from them and they get really angry. I feel like that could be what kind of happens here, but like for real with Drew McIntyre here in the near future, but we'll see. Um, This got two and a half beers though. Yeah. Somehow two and a half beers. Uh, Did you see the breaking news today, by the way, about WrestleMania? Uh, Are you talking about the night one main event? Cause that broke last night. Night one main event and night two main event both broke. Oh, okay. So night one main event is Rousey and Flair, and night two is Lesnar Reigns. Yes. Yeah, I mean, saw that coming. Wow. Yeah. Because you know, you know what I really think is that SmackDown deserves both main events. That's what I think. It's the it's obviously the best show that WWE has going. They never do rematches. Okay, uh, but I thought you were serious. And I no, your what face the fuck? <laughs> I had to look at your face real quick and check. <laughs> Pretty much like 90% of the things that come out of my mouth are sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, um, I can't watch SmackDown Live tonight, dude. I, I couldn't watch SmackDown are the, Live. Are they doing night. the Usos versus the Viking Raiders? Uh, I can't find anything about tonight anymore now that you said that. Well, now that we're talking about what they're doing tonight, I can't find a damn thing. Um, we could just say right now, before we get to the match that happened before the match that was supposed to happen, uh, the Usos versus the Viking Raiders just didn't happen, which was very upsetting because I thought, especially like watching the show up to this point, I thought, man, this is going to be the one that steals the show. Yeah. And it just didn't fucking happen. I mean, all. all of us were very excited for this match to like give us something because the Usos never put on a bad match and like quality viking raiders with a time slot that supports should have been a banger yeah and no match just didn't happen um but before that came on uh we had becky lynch versus lita for the raw women's championship um yeah that happened i have a quote from chad during this match chad said lita has old lady neck (laughs) <laughs> I think I made it all the way up until the yeah I made it through the first four matches playing the drinking game up to speed so I was uh, eight beers and eight or nine beers in at this point when the 
Becky Lynch match started. I was a little behind on the Madcap Moss match. And um, yeah, I think I made got, it. I made it to the main event. The neck. I think. Yeah. So like, I don't. That sounds really bad. And I'm sorry, Lita. I've always loved you for saying that, but she had she had wrinkles on her neck that were very apparent that she was in her forties. I feel bad now having said it. <laughs> I just wanted you to. I just wanted to say that to see what you would say. Um, uh, another, I mean, this was another match where we had this is awesome chance, and I think this was the match. This is the match where they were chanting "This is awesome" for punches. I want to say. Um, once again, I disagree. Um, I have a, I have a note here, and I can't really remember why because I was continuing to play the drinking game up to this point i think i stopped during the main event because i just i i think i got hiccups once i get hiccups i just can't keep up anymore but i have a note here that says lita can't remember how to wrestle sleeper hold of the century oh yeah she did she tried to do a sleeper hold and like completely missed the part where her arm was supposed to go around her neck (laughs) yeah her arm was around her (laughs) face i remember now (laughs) Oh, boy. and the commentators try to sell it like they're gonna, she's gonna knock her out. I'm like, how? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's on her nose. <laughs> it made no sense at all. It was. Oh boy, I remember all of us jumping off the couch like, what the hell is that move? Um, Lita was moving well. I will say she moved really well in the match. So like, good on you, Lita, for like showing up and like putting on a match and being she looked way more fit than goldberg did oh yeah so like she can do way more in the ring than goldberg can yeah she was doing all over normal moves she did a moonsault that looked fine so like I, I, she did a good job in the match yeah it's just it wasn't an overly entertaining match yeah i i think this was fine for a one-off which is basically what yeah. it was like i wouldn't count the royal rumble as I wouldn't I wouldn't say this was a two off because the Royal Rumble is, you know, you get in there, you hit some moves and then you just kind of chill for a little bit until your spot comes up. You know, I mean, Ivory made an appearance, so clearly you don't <laughs> have to be um, ring ready. But yeah, Becky Lynch hits a rock bottom for the win. Um, I'm never um, it's manhandle slam. It's a rock bottom. Um, but you won't let me call the Steiner recliner a camel clutch. You're the worst. Look, dude, I'll be the first to say I am quite the hypocrite. Hypocritical. Yeah, very much That's so. That's a manhandle slam. It's right a now. rock bottom. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this got a beer and a half. Somehow. Um, and then the main event, the men's elimination chamber match. Boy. I wish we just didn't have to talk about it. Um. Funny comment before you get started. Um, I am a very, I'm sure the podcast listeners know I'm a very vocal person with my opinions. I got to the end of this match and I threw my book where I was counting tallies down and said, I hate this. This sucks. And I got the weirdest looks from uh, Leslie and Bree because I thought, I think they thought I was seriously very upset about how WWE was finishing this match that I was willing to throw things, but that was just me being very animated. Um, but <laughs> your wife and uh, Joe's girlfriend gave me looks of, uh, oh my God, is he crazy? 
<laughs> at the end of this match. Well, if you were looking to apologize to them or like if, if you were looking as like th- this show being a way to, you know, kind of make amends here. Um, I know for a fact that Leslie will never hear you say that because she doesn't listen to the show. Um, I can't no, but speak you can for Brie. Yeah, but I'll forget. So write it down, write a note, say, Leslie, I'm sorry you thought I was serious. I didn't actually care that much, but man, what a terrible ending it was. Wow. Um, Yeah, I'll totally write that down. Um, MVP was a big time no show for Lashley's entrance. So anyone who picked anyone, anyone who picked him to show up uh, was a big time dummy. Did we have any real debut or unannounced people on this card? Unannounced. Um, Natalia on the pre-show, but did like anyone else? Um, I don't think anyone got points for who not on the card here. No, I don't think so. Which is which is rough. I kind of expected here uh, after the last Saudi, that was a pay per view. So the last Saudi pay per view, uh, where the only surprise who not on the card that showed up was that Olympics person. Um, but. Uh, I have a note here that says Chad hated the entrances. And then a quote. Oh, I remember why. And then a quote from Leslie where she said, why didn't they fill up the pods first? Yeah, they were out of order. They they had people come into the ring like third or fourth and then stand in the ring while other people later on gotten pods. So we were confused. They did the same thing with the women's rumble. I mean, the women's elimination chamber where like they didn't fill them up in order. So it gave us a bunch of confusion as to who was starting the match the whole time they were doing entrances. Yep. And your wife, who doesn't even watch as much wrestling anywhere near as much as me and you watch, even she noticed that it was stupid. Yeah. Uh, so good job, Leslie. <laughs> I know you're not going to hear this, but good job, Leslie. Maybe I'll, uh, when I'm listening back to this, when I'm editing, I'll, I'll unplug my headphones and just be like, Leslie, you should probably hear this. Um, and then, uh, Bobby Lashley uh, had a real injury before never, the match started. Never made it into the match. Uh, they called it concussion protocols during the match. Uh, come to find out after the fact that Bobby Lashley has a shoulder injury that's going to put him out for four months. Apparently, he had that shoulder injury the whole time he was the champion, which is why he never wrestled a single match between yeah. winning it at Royal Rumble and the match apparently he injured it in the Royal Rumble or right beforehand. And people that I was reading on, on Twitter said were saying that like if you rewatch the match against Lesnar, he's always leaning to land on the other shoulder so that he's not landing on the shoulder that's hurt. And you can see every German suplex looks weird because of it. Oh, I remember that now because I remember the German suplexes looking like deadly in that match, and it was probably just yeah. him like compensating for the landing. He was putting, he was landing on the other shoulder every single time. That's wild to even so like think about that. And it's so crazy. Why did they like, put the put the why they put the title on him then? You know, that's crazy. Like, well, he probably he must have injured it when he won it. I I don't know. Um, but it's crazy because like I didn't even notice that he didn't defend it that much w- between him winning it and losing it. And I feel like he it's it, part of it is like. Once. Yeah, I, I feel like a part of that is like WWE has like trained us so well that like if you're the champion and you're a heel or a tweener or something like that, like or even a face like Shinsuke Nakamura uh, with the Intercontinental Championship, you 
if you're a champion, you just don't have to defend the title all that often. I will say that is one of WWE's weakest parts right now is that there are titles that just are being lost in the weeds because the roster is not big enough to support. Yeah, it's right. There is not a mid card on SmackDown right now. There is a women's division. There is a tag team division and there is Roman Reigns. There's barely a tag team division. I mean, I don't know. They've had Kofi ver- Kofi and Biggie versus the Los Lotharios a few times. They have four tag I mean, teams. Yeah, they have four tag teams. Yeah, plus Jinder Mahal and uh, Shanky. Yeah, sure. They have four tag teams. Yep, they have four tag teams. So SmackDown has that problem, and then Raw has the problems with, like, there's no women's tag division in the whole company. Like, WWE has so many problems defending titles these days. It's wild. It's bad. Is what it is. AEW will defend any title on fucking Rampage. Yeah. As long as it's not the TBS title, I'm I'm game. <laughs> that would only make no sense. Yeah, you got to defend, defend the TBS title on on TBS on Dynamite, which they did this week. You know, I feel like they're listening to me, which is nice. Um, but yeah, Bobby Lashley uh, got uh, basically like taken out of the match, and. From then on, it was the Brock Lesnar show. And he basically he he broke out of his pod. Unscripted. Yeah, totally. Because there wasn't already a hole in it. Um, No, I was I read online that he was not supposed to do that until his pod was supposed to get opened and that his pod was supposed to like struggle to get open. He was supposed to break his own pod and that when Bobby was supposed to come in and he didn't, Brock was like, fuck this and just broke out of his own pod. Earlier, way earlier than intended. Well, I feel like I went back and watched, like, or I saw some clips online where, like, the clip of him breaking out of the pod, you could clearly see a circle cut out of his pod where he got out of it. Like, like the part where he kicked out of his pod, nothing actually broke. And then he just got out of his pod because there was a like a, a clean circle already cut out of it on the side that he escaped from. But I don't, I don't know. No one noticed that <laughs> while we were watching, probably because we were drunk. But Brock Lesnar uh, just gets in and F5s everybody and nobody looks strong. It's it's just excellent storytelling. Nobody looks good coming out of this match except for Brock Lesnar, and he just F5s everybody and is the winner of the match. And, I, I mean, you could say that there was a highlight in this match where he F5s Austin Theory off the top of a pod, but, like, at, the, at that point, I think they were the only two left in the match, and it's like, really? You really think Austin Theory is going to win this match? It's I mean, like, also, it, Austin Theory, like, landing on his feet, so, like... <laughs> it wasn't really that much of a highlight because, at that point, you kind of, it was a foregone conclusion what was going to happen and this this was just fucking awful. This was on par with the ECW Elimination Chamber at December Genesis member. And I'd almost rather watch that one because CM Punk and Bobby Lashley are in it. And it's competitive, sort of. Yeah, I didn't know Bobby Lashley was going to win when I started that match that night. <laughs> when this started and Bobby Lashley got hurt, it was obvious. Well, yeah, because at the point at, at the point at the start of the match, it was like only Bobby Lashley or Lesnar is going to win this match. Yep. So, yeah, um, there's this. I just fucking I hated everything about it uh, and just kind of left a sour taste in my mouth with this entire show. Which sucks because, you, you know, 
being a wrestling fan, you want to like, like we are, you want to see the good in everything, but this was just not good. Um, it got two and three quarters of a beer highest rated match on the card. Um, and elimination chamber got 13 and three quarters of a beer trash. Not good at all. Not even close to the top. No, very close to the bottom. I've updated my beer ratings database that you sent me with all my the ones I've watched independently of you guys. And I have about 60 in mine. And this was in the bottom 12. Yep. All right. I think it was like 10 or 11 from the bottom. Yeah, I think as a as a podcast, like the stuff that we've talked, like the pay-per-views slash premium live events that we've talked about on here, we've watched 30. It's 30 something. And this ranked 30 something like it's in the bottom 10. Jeez. It was bad. Really bad. Um, it's an elimination chamber. It should be high. Yeah. Like these elimination chamber matches should be getting over three beers. And like the highest rated match in the card was the main event. And it got two and three quarters. Yep. Rough. Um, but let's get into the weekly recap. We can start with SmackDown even though Rampage came on before SmackDown last week. Uh, we just talk about SmackDown really quick because it was before Elimination Chamber. So we can just kind of talk about the one thing that had nothing to do with Elimination Chamber because also it was just an all-around not good show, and we kind of already talked about what happened on it last week. Um, Sami Zayn won the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, we talked about that. We did We did spoil that for the viewers last no, week. because I did not spoil it. I kind of did, but I didn't we say who won the match. It. Yeah. Kind of spoiled it. <clears throat> but our episode does come out after SmackDown. So they wouldn't have, if they watched it on time, they wouldn't know. Um, my my only problem with this, I think Sammy makes sense as the Intercontinental champion. I like that he's the champion. The match wasn't that good. No. Match was eh. Subpar. It wasn't best. it I thought it was the best match on SmackDown because there was only three or four matches on all of SmackDown. But yeah, it was meh. Yeah. Hopefully, um, Sammy defends it significantly more often than Shinsuke did. Well, that brings me to my only other point for SmackDown. Um, this this almost certainly sets up Sammy Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. Johnny Knoxville is yeah. going to challenge for the Intercontinental Championship. He's going to win. No, he's not. No <laughs> fucking way. Celebrities win a mania, dude. Not the not a championship like that. If Johnny Knoxville wins the fucking Intercontinental Championship, we riot. But so like, if Johnny, not, not so you're real. saying Logan Paul's going to win then? <sighs> Probably because Rey Mysterio won they an can't Elimination Chamber. Yeah, they both can't lose. Rey Mysterio won an Elimination Chamber, so Miz and Logan Paul win at WrestleMania. Okay. Book it right now. It's going to happen. Unfortunately, He's writing that in Sharpie. Write that in Sharpie. Put that down in Sharpie. Um, we'll talk about that when we get to Raw. But first, uh, we're going to talk about Rampage real quick. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs qualified for the Face of the Revolution ladder match. So, big guys. Up to that point, yeah, we've got Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, and Wardlow in the match. Boy. Big boys. <laughs> My God. 
Uh, I, was, and, I was glad to find out this week that we added somebody that wasn't a big guy. We'll, we'll not to go too far <laughs> ahead, but yeah, but the thank memes, God, the memes, the memes that came out of that were hilarious. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll get to that when we talk about dynamite. And then uh, the Jay White Tramperetta match was very good, very good. Yeah, I thought the opener um, was also pretty good. The Adam Cole Preston Vance match. Oh yeah, 10, 10 can go, and we saw that on on dynamite as well. I yep. thought. So yeah, 10 and 10, probably the him and John Silver, are like the two people in the dark order that like I very much enjoy watching uh, out of that stable or, or the faction. Yeah. Also, I'm also a sneaky fan of Stu Grayson. I, I like Stu Grayson and Evil Uno as a tag team better than I like Silver and Reynolds, but I like Silver the best of everybody. Oh, yeah. He's hilarious. He's Johnny Hungy's the best. And then. I would, I would agree with you. Press advance is number two. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it from Rampage. Like, obviously, not never really a whole lot of storyline building. You really just like some matches that happen. Some good matches. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just all around good, decent to good wrestling on Rampage. Like, you can't really complain about it. It's an hour long. Um, so since we breezed through that, let's talk about our trip to Columbia. For Monday Night Raw. All right. So, oh, Monday night after I got off work, this is like mid afternoon, I guess. Uh, Chad and I drove up to Columbia here from Charleston, and we were going to arrive there a little bit early. I'm going to go to a brewery. We were going to go to the River Rat, which Chad has been to. I don't know. I would assume multiple times because he said it's very good beer, very good food. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So we arrive in Columbia at this point in the drive. Uh, I had a beer at Chad's house before we even left because he drove. Um, so and I and also was drinking like water on the way up. So, you know, filling my bladder. By this point, we get to Columbia. I have to piss like a racehorse. We pull up to the river rat. And it was closed because Chad had no idea they weren't open on Mondays. What do you have to say for yourself? I, I can't believe I didn't check. I'm usually like such a conservative <laughs> person, like making sure everything's going to line up and like work perfectly. I'm like absolutely shocked. I never checked that, but I didn't. And it was closed. It, it's closed on Mondays. That's that's all you have to say. No apology or anything. I don't feel like I need to apologize because we found a good place to eat, but <laughs> if know, that's what you really want, you know. No, I'll I'm apologize. fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I feel like you did in person. Uh when we when we pulled up and it was closed, you were like, oh fuck, dude. I'm sorry. Um, so we we got this idea that all right, let's just drive up to the Colonial Life Arena, uh, find some parking. We'll park where we're gonna leave the car the rest of the night and find something within walking distance. Uh, to go have some food, have some beers before the show starts. So we pull up to this parking lot, signs everywhere, cash only. It's $20 to park. Neither of us have cash. So I immediately look up and I'm looking on Google Maps for an ATM. And I was like, oh, look, there's apparently an ATM in this place right next to the parking lot, which is right next to the arena called the Thirsty Fellow, which we had kind of already determined that's where we were also going to be going to eat and have some beers i was like just park at the thirsty fellow i'll run inside grab some cash run back out and we can park and then eat and drink there 
<laughs> I go inside. Um, well, also, and also to pee. I go inside. I'm looking for ATMs and the bathroom. I see one of those things. So I go to the bathroom. I pee. And then I run over to the parking lot and ask the attendants. I'm like, dude, where is there an ATM around here? Uh, they, they point me in the right direction. So we have to drive like a block down. We do like a drive through ATM at this credit union, um, grab 20 bucks. And then we park finally. And we ate and drank at the thirsty fellow, pretty good stuff. Um, one thing I did want to point out about the thirsty fellow and, uh, basically what we ordered, uh, Chad ordered a soft pretzel with cheese as an appetizer, which not hating on at all. The one thing I will hate on, though, is Chad ordered, like I said, a soft pretzel with cheese and told me when it came out, you know, just help yourself. Thank you very much for that. Um, didn't didn't want anything to do with the cheese. Didn't like cheese. Didn't want cheese with his pretzel. Very questionable food choices there. I don't I don't eat a lot of cheese. I really just stick to like a couple generic cheeses and or fake cheese products so i don't sit well with dairy products okay might be lactose intolerant so you say that and i'll skip ahead to a little bit later in the night when we (laughs) got into the arena and i went and got my beer i went and got a beer while you after we left the thirsty fellow you we we had a couple beers while we were in there but after that you were like i'm not drinking the rest of the night i'm driving back to charleston tonight i was like yep great plan let's do it so Chad drank water the rest of the night. So he's in line to get a water and I sit down in the seats um, and Chad comes back. He's got a water and ice cream. Mr. Dairy products don't sit well with me. Well, so flash forward a bit more. Uh, I, ice cream didn't sit well with me. It was <laughs> a bad choice. So <laughs> that's a fact. But the ice cream was delicious. It was vanilla sauce served with many M&Ms and it's it was very good. Um <laughs> But it didn't sit well with me. Uh, I always love that. Like, like making making a, a food choice where, like, making a, a sensible food choice and just knowing that, like, man, I'm going to fucking hate that I did this <laughs> later. <laughs> just, not happen every order, time you order Taco Bell. You're like, ah, oh, this is going to be Every time you go to Taco Bell or Chipotle. I'm also lactose intolerant. But, like, every time we go to the grocery store, like, Leslie and I get Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Like, those little, like the little pints and i'm like you know what i'll eat one of those like at some point this week and usually it's the first night that we go to the grocery store like i can't let it sit in the freezer i just have to eat it that night that's probably really good for your lactose intolerance it's uh it's not great i'll just say that um the other thing that happened when we got there um and this was a this is a shout out to the colonial life arena in columbia thank you to those people and the vendors working there while Chad was in line getting his water and ice cream. I had already gotten my beer first. So he left me with the signs that we had made for the night and I grabbed my beer or I pay for my beer and grab the signs. And there's just like one hair tie holding all of the signs in a bundle. They're all rolled up. So Really, the hair tie is just holding the one sign on the outside and the other signs on the inside are like free to just fall out of there if you're not holding them correctly. So I get down and I'm going to the seats 
And the signs that are on the inside just completely fall out. And I'm like, oh shit. And I go to try and grab them. And then all of a sudden, like my beer, I drop my beer out of my hand. It falls in the ground and the cup just cracks open. There's beer everywhere. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is how this night's going to go. So I talked to the usher that was right there. And he's like, oh, that sucks, man. They gave you a cup with a hole in it. I was like, yeah, they did give me a cup with a hole in it. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, you should take that back and go try and get a new one for free. And I was like, you're right. You you know what? You're right. I will do that. And I left the signs with him, um, went back, got a new beer. They gave me a new beer for free. It was awesome. I was, I was, you know what? Shout out to them. Would go Gamecocks. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know. That was really, that was really it. Uh, oh, actually, <laughs> one more thing before we actually get into the wrestling. Uh, back to the thirsty fellow. I just thought this was a very funny moment. Um, so obviously, like restaurant, you order your drinks. And then you order your food, like the waiter comes back and you order your food. Um, ordered our, we ordered our beers and then he came back, took our food order and then was like, all right, I'll take the menus out of your way. We gave him the food menus. And at this point, I already knew what beer I was going to be drinking for the rest of the time while we were sitting there. And I still told him, I was like, uh, could you please just go ahead and leave the beer menu there? Um, <laughs> as if I was going to order something else. And then the entire time we we're sitting there for like another hour before the sh- before the show started did not take one more glance at this beer menu that i asked him to leave there i just thought that was a hilarious moment like hey man i need you to leave that there because i'm definitely going to look at it and then i just didn't look at it at all for the rest neither of one the of time us. yeah neither one of us we just kept ordering the same beers well he came back around and every time he'd go you want another round and we would say yeah sure yep no. you want something different <laughs> No, just keep bringing the same thing, man. Yeah, bring me the same shit. I don't. I want to shout out before we get into the wrestling the the crowd of fans we had behind us. Oh yeah. So very, we get there immediately, and I noticed I don't see a lot of people with signs. So I just start holding my sign up all the time. Nothing's happening. Very obnoxious. Started very obnoxiously. I'm being the obnoxious sign guy, but my sign says I want Cody. Um, more to come on that, but uh, the the crowd behind us decided uh, pretty much at every opportunity therefore to chant I want Cody or we want Cody for the rest of the night. Yeah, and uh, part of me thinks that they were just fucking with you, but you know what? Shout 100%. out to those guys. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Those guys were totally fucking with me. They knew he was never showing up. Um. But they chanted along with me, so I can't be mad at them. <laughs> um, so we started the night with uh, main event, and um, wouldn't you know, Veer was there. Holy shit, he's here! <laughs> <laughs> but the craziest thing was later in the night on Raw, uh, they showed the fucking video. Veer is coming to Raw. He was there. He was there. He's he at was at Raw. He was at Raw. And it's it's funny. I like paid more attention to that the video, and it's just a bunch of scenes of him doing moves during main event. So <laughs> I don't think this is the first time he's been to Raw. It's not. I've I've seen it online before, like that he's been on main event for like at least a month now. 
He was so over though. The whole crowd was cheering for Veer. Yeah, this, it was awesome. This, uh, he, he was going he up against Apollo Cruz. Yeah, he was going up against Apollo Cruz. The crowd was totally behind Veer. I was, I was loving it. Um, <laughs> let's get into the show though. Let's recap the show. Um, started with Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, not he my had, WWE champion. Yeah, we, yeah. I guess we could talk about the signs we had. So we had the we want or I want Cody chant or I want Cody sign. Uh, we had our drunk dudes talking wrestling sign. You could see us if you if you watch Raw back. You can see us a few times. Uh, actually, a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times. I try. I watched it back all three hours, and I I was constantly stopping, pointing out our signs. Yeah, it, you could see it a lot. Um, yeah, I want Cody. We had a sign that said "Sup." Um, Sup. And then a sign that said, not my WWE champion, which was specifically for Brock Lesnar. Uh, yeah, not mine. Yeah. And it was really just out of our pain that we felt after watching Elimination Chamber. Uh, he had this, you know, face type promo. We were up in the crowd booing him the whole time. And then uh, Paul, Paul Heyman comes out and tells Brock Lesnar, like, I actually thought, like, you know, watching this back, like, it was a, actually a very good promo. Like, Heyman trying to fool Lesnar and being like, Hey, the entire time, like I've been with you, I've been handling all the small details and your bookings and all this stuff. Uh, bet you didn't know that you had to defend that title against Bobby Lashley at Madison square garden. And you and I just look at each other like, that's not going to fucking happen. (laughs) Like Bobby Lashley's hurt. Well, he does mention that like if Bobby can't compete, unknown competitor will face for the title that night then. But yeah, I but... did look into this further and that until like earlier this week, that Madison Square Garden show had uh, Roman versus Seth for the WWE Universal and Brock, Brock versus Bobby for the WWE both listed. As of like a few days ago, they're both just listed as Brock and Roman will both defend their WWE championships. Interesting. And then, and then Brock Brock announced that he's going to be at SmackDown tonight. So, obviously, by the time the show airs, uh, we'll have already seen what Lesnar did on Friday Night SmackDown. Probably uh, talk a lot of shit while wearing a cowboy hat. I think that's all he did the last time he showed up at Monday Night Raw. Pretty much. Um, we had, a, I thought, a pretty good tag team match between the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy. Angela Very Dawkins. Yep. Angela Dawkins was the fucking MVP of this match. He was awesome. I, I felt like he was hitting moves that I've never seen Angela Dawkins hit before. And usually when I watch the Street Profits wrestle, I'm like, all right, I'm here for Montez Ford. And if it's another good tag team, like Montez Ford usually shows up and shows out. And if the other tag team's good, like and has somebody that I enjoy watching, where with the Alpha Academy, very much enjoying everything Ch- Chad Gable's doing right now. But Thank Angela you. Angela Dawkins was the MVP of this match, despite them he losing. Was killing despite it. them losing, he killed I mean, it. In Alpha match. Academy is the champion, so it makes sense they won. Yeah, but yeah, Dawkins killed it in this match. I loved it. Street Profits just getting better and better. Yep, absolutely. Um, then the uh, the next note I had was from the uh, the 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 dad and her his daughter that were sitting behind us. Um, <laughs> 
I don't know if you heard this while we were while we were sitting in there, but I think we were at commercial. It was either during this the, that tag team match or after the fact. Um, but they during it was during commercial on Raw. They they always show stuff like on the Titan Tron and stuff, and they were showing the the WrestleMania mat or the WrestleMania uh, like stupendous and all the synonyms commercials. Mm-hmm. And this little girl was sitting behind us. She's, I mean, couldn't have been any more than like eight or nine years old um, sitting there with her dad. And they're talking about like it was like how it was showing like how it was in Dallas. And little girl goes to her dad. She was like, can we go? And, and he's just like to Dallas. <laughs> like <laughs> He didn't well, say I, no. I loved- he didn't say no, but he definitely did say no. <laughs> I loved how later in the show, I just kept yelling for Cody, and she asked you, who is Cody? Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> she was like, like <laughs> she goes, who is Cody? I was like, he he used to be in uh, AEW, and she's like, what's that? <laughs> it was at that point, I was like, shit, there's like a lot of people out there that don't watch as much wrestling as we do, <laughs> including this I- little girl and her dad. <laughs> I think her response after you said, oh, it's another company, is she said, is he a football player? <laughs> yeah, I don't Too know. Much. Like, I, I just, once she didn't know what AEW was, I was like, mm, little girl, no, I ain't talking to you anymore. <laughs> um, and then the, the, I think the other funny crowd moment, I think, came up in the next, the next match because we had uh, Tommaso Ciampa and finn balor versus the the dirty dogs so we had the return of finn balor which was awesome got to see him live in person him and champa and uh, champa live in person how about that? there was this guy sitting two rows in front of us i want to say yeah definitely two rows in front of us and the entire time during this tag team match he's like champa ain't ready <laughs> and we're chad's chad's just like i'm pretty sure he's ready dude like, like I thought you guys. Me were and this guy went like back and forth the whole match. time. Um, I just kept messing with him. He'd be like, "Champ is not ready," and I'm like, "He looks pretty ready. He looks, yeah. looks good today." And then when they won against the Dirty Dogs, I was like, hmm, "Pretty sure he's ready." <laughs> yeah, pretty looks pretty ready to me, dude. And he was just shut up. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just fun because like at that point it was like. Oh wow, this guy doesn't even watch NXT. Like <laughs> that's I was noticing that a lot. The people sitting behind me next to the little girl and her dad and the people outside of them and the old guy outside of me, none of them knew who Champa were was at all. So I was like, man, he got barely any crowd. Was... He got barely any crowd reaction when his entrance came on. Me and you lost it. Champa, when I saw he was in ring gear in that backstage segment and it was about to wrestle, I popped. Let's I go! Was, <laughs> yeah, I was exactly. so stoked to see Champa live, and he, he was awesome. But like, very few people around us knew who the fuck I was cheering for. Like, it, it's one of those things where, like, you know, me and you know so much, we watch so much, especially like me watching all these other companies that are outside of just AEW and WWE. But like, holy shit. It felt like everyone around us watched Raw and SmackDown, and that was it. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. The one, like, one girl behind like, me kept saying things like, that guy used to be on NXT, and sometimes she was right, and sometimes she was wrong. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, man, 
these people must do so much more in their lives other than watch 10 hours of wrestling a week. 10 hours plus. (laughs) Where do these, they must do, they must do so much with their lives. (laughs) Yeah. Like live fulfilling lives and talk to other people and yeah. And have a social life and like, you know, go out to restaurants and stuff and like, you know, restaurants and like spend time with their families. They don't DoorDash food to their house while they're watching the last night's fucking <laughs> wrestling show. Skip through commercials while eating their KFC. They DoorDash to their house. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand these the lives that these people live, but I don't know. Um, next thing was Ms. TV. I'll let you go ahead and talk about Ms. Uh, TV because this is probably the highlight of your night. Okay, so... I'm going to tell an old story real quick that you probably don't even know about. I don't know if I've told you this one yet, but uh, many moons ago, uh, me and my wife went to a WWE live event um, where I was cheering very aggressively for people that weren't getting a lot of cheers. So at one point on this WWE live event, um, Rhino and Heath Slater came out back in the day. Remember when that they were like team? going for the tag titles and stuff. Yeah. It was they'd already lost them. They were like at this point, they were but like they were low. still being cheered a lot. They were still being cheered, but they were no longer in title contention. They were like Got jobbers, it. so t- t- title contenders. Um, and I'm cheering Rhino on so hard. And Rhino points right at me and gives me like a hell yeah point. And I got a hell yeah Rhino point. And to this day, I'll never forget Rhino pointed right at me because I was the only one in the section like cheering hard for Rhino. <laughs> well, the Miz comes out for Miz TV. And he comes down and does his little, I came to say, and he comes to the ring and blah, blah, blah. And well, they the, break well, to commercial. I want to say, but yeah, but, but they broke to commercial like on his way to the ring after I watched it back. Yeah. I was like, because I was telling Leslie, I was like, ooh, watch this when the Miz gets in the ring. And then they cut to commercial. I was like, never mind. You're not going to be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking right for because I already told my wife the story and I was hoping to see it. But I have no evidence other than that guy in front of me who took the picture. Um, <laughs> you didn't probably didn't send it to you either. He didn't. Um, <laughs> but as the Miz is doing his little walk around the ring, like you know, chanting or ta- like talking shit to fans or whatever, he he like gets on the ropes or like he gets up to the ropes and looking at our section. And I stand up with my "I want Cody" sign as big as I can, like hold it out for him to see. And I'm like jumping up and down, and he points at the sign and then like rubs his chin. As though Doing like that's the thinking, a good idea. The thinking man's pose. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a good idea. And then he progresses. Uh, the, the scene progresses to where they come back from commercial and he starts talking about who his mystery tag team partner is. And he says they're from a fighting family and that they're very dashing and all this stuff. And me and you knew, me and you were both looking at each other like it's Logan Paul. But like, our whole section was like, it's Cody. It's Cody. <laughs> yeah. The guy in front of us is right with a sign. And it was, it's Logan fucking Paul who comes out. It's giant swerve. And I am convinced that the Miz is so good that he doesn't even script this stuff. And he just comes up with a little fly. Oh, he, and definitely, he, was he definitely he was fucking th- with us. He threw dashing in there. That was not scripted in there. That almost guaranteed that dashing was not in there right he's really good friends in real life with cody rhodes so he knows exactly what the whole thing's going on oh yeah so he's more than willing to play on this whole thing guaranteed so 
it, it was a good it, swerve by them to like sell me for a second that it was going to be but me and you both knew from all the internet rumors it was logan paul yeah and so logan paul and the miz are going to face the mysterios at mania and we got a return of dominic mullet so not a return cool. he was, he was <laughs> an elimination chamber <laughs> stop um yeah I, I finished a cup of water for that for that mullet okay um but yeah logan paul um leave i don't want you here like no one care. wants you here don't care he i watched this back on tv you just see where he came out he was like drinking his new logan paul energy drink and he Do gave it to a fan it? he gave it to a kid yeah the kid looked like seven years old like covid's not even going on or that it's like a high potent energy drink he's giving to children <laughs> the dude just doesn't care at all about no. anything other no, than himself doesn't. clearly <laughs> gosh um i would say next big thing of the night um we had a damian priest match it was whatever uh he faced uh shelton benjamin who was from south carolina so uh deservedly so shelton got some tv time but we all knew damian was gonna win after the match, he says he's he wants more worthy opponents and main event talent and cha- uh, like world champion caliber opponents and stuff like that. Finn Balor comes back out and we're getting Damian Priest versus Finn Balor this week on Monday Night Raw for the United States Championship. And I cannot wait for that. It's probably going disqual- to their- it's probably gonna end in a disqualification, but yeah. you know they what? Did- I'm they did face each other when uh, Finn came back to NXT. Oh, I remember yeah. it being good. So yeah. hopefully it's good again. Yep. Um, Bianca Belair and Dewdrop had a match. It was My God. so long. So long. Bianca Belair did pick up Dewdrop, though, and deliver a KOD, which was impressive. I mean, let's not forget that there was also like a 10-minute promo before this like 20-minute long match between Bianca and Becky that this whole segment kind of like this whole night in all honesty for raw kind of just dragged on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, yeah, that happened. Edge had a promo. Uh, that was fun because one, uh, during edges promo, if you watch it on TV, you can see the, I want Cody sign just all over it. Every time they film him from the low camera looking up at him in the ring, you could see me in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Every um, time. <laughs> and it's definitely hinting at this Edge versus AJ Styles match at WrestleMania, which will be the best match on that card both nights. Doesn't matter. That's going to be the best match in the card. Becky, Bianca? Nope. Edge and AJ. <clears throat> yeah. You're will right. be the best yeah. match on the card. And I've been looking. I, I think there's some tape way back where we had some wrestlemania predictions i don't remember we didn't actually call on that but like i predicted that we would have edge versus aj styles at wrestlemania so i would like credit for that when this week aj styles answers his challenge that's all i have to say about that but we have to wait until how much you gonna be if it's cody if i won't be mad but it won't make any sense because edge during his promo said the word phenomenal yeah, but then WWE t- took that promo and they posted it and they said no smoke and mirrors as like the caption to that promo. Oh, Jesus. 
Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. I think they're trying to swerve us one of those two ways, and I don't know which one they're going for, but... It's got to be AJ and Edge, right? I think that would be the better match, but if you do that, who does Cody face at Mania? Seth? If So, th- that's the thing. If, if if Right, so let's get to the main event, because Seth <clears throat> and Kevin Owens, fa- uh, they, they beat RK-Bro, and the whole stipulation here was... In two weeks, when they have this Raw Tag Team Title Championship match, if Seth and KO beat RK Bro, they'll be added to the match. And now it's a triple threat match: RK Bro, Alpha Academy, Rollins, KO. However, what whatever their fucking tag team name is going to be, probably just Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. But it's now a triple threat match: triple threat, sorry, triple threat for, for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Um. 0% chance that Rollins and Kevin Owens win that match. I think Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin is happening, which leaves Seth in limbo. And why not have it be Seth versus Cody? I don't I would say if that does happen, that's a contender for match of the the night as well. Absolutely. That'll be up there. That'll be up there with Becky, Bianca and Edge, AJ. I I think that I, scenario... I think if you're looking at it, those are the three best matches though. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm, dis- I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you that Bianca Becky is going to be like not good. It's going to be up there, match of the night. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I bet it opens night two. Ooh, probably. Like we're welcome to WrestleMania. Whoa, just go for it. And I'm like, hell yeah, welcome that. to night two. I could definitely see that. Yeah, for sure. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited for WrestleMania. It's going to be great. So yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I mean, good. can you think of any anyone else that Cody Rhodes is going to face other than Seth Rollins? No, unless the Stone Cold thing falls through, and then Cody versus KO would be equally as good. Yeah, definitely. But I can't think of like I. I think he's going to come back as a face because he he hates this heel idea. So he comes back as a face. He's got to face a heel. Which is why the edge thing doesn't make sense to me, even though they're they're trying to swerve us, tell it, th- trying to make us think it is. I, I think he's got to face a, f- a heel, and the only two heels that make a ton of sense and will put on a banger of a match are KO and Seth. So, yeah, it almost not has to, to be not to say that Edge versus Cody would not be phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, Edge versus AJ would also be face face. So, yeah, but that's. There's there you could sell that easily. Edge Edge did everything in that promo he needed to to sell literally anybody. Yeah, it's the the whole point of it is like have a match with me. I'm the best. I am I am the new Mr. WrestleMania is basically what he's yep. saying. Um I would I would almost argue that we should rename him that because the amount of matches he's had at Manias that are amazing far surpass anyone else I can think of. At this point, yes. Like that are still 100%. active, yes. Oh, yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on to NXT, and then we'll close out with Dynamite. Um. NXT started with a Braun Breaker promo where he was interrupted by Dolph Ziggler. Um. And I think we should just kind of tie in the main event here, um, uh, with Ziggler versus Champa, and kind of talk about where this is going because we kind of we kind of knew after monday night when champa and balor beat the dirty dogs that ziggler was going to beat champa on nxt and now we've got 
Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler at NXT Stand and Deliver, which is happening the afternoon of WrestleMania Night One. It's said it's uh, Wikipedia said today that it is supposed to start at noon. Yeah, which God help my liver. <laughs> yeah, because that's a that's like two two and a half hours of drinking, followed by a four to five hour break, followed by four Russell to five hours, <laughs> followed by four to five hours of drinking, followed by the same thing the next day. Is is stand and deliver two days? No, okay, I saw that it's just the second uh, at noon. It's American Airlines in Dallas. Oh, so it's Sunday. Um, it, no, the second. Which is Saturday. Saturday. Okay, never mind. I don't know. Yeah, second and third. I don't have calendars so, memorized, dude. Sorry. I, I looked it up. I didn't know. Either way. So the, God help my liver that entire weekend. Um, but Ziggler and Breaker at Stand and Deliver. I mean, that's almost guaranteed to be fucking awesome. I mean, think about how good Ziggler and Champa was. Oh, my God. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Break Breaker is no Tommaso Champa, but Ziggler yeah. is that damn good. But we're going to put it on a pay-per-view and make it the main event. A premium live So, event. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that while I agree with you that I think Ziggler and Champa could always put a bigger match on than Ziggler and Breaker could. Ziggler and Breaker is going to get the time slot and the main event to put on a match that will be better than Champa versus Ziggler was on NXT on a Tuesday night, even though that was my favorite match all week. Yep. Um, some other things from NXT. Uh, I just want to just talk about some st- some other stuff that happened around the card where we we could finish talking about the stuff that's actually important. Uh, the women's Dusty Cup had some horrendous matches, uh, but we'll just talk about uh, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray advanced to the second round, as did Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. I forgot Lash Legend was a person. <laughs> uh, so I think it's very obvious Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray are going to face off against um, Raquel and yeah. Cora Jade in the finals. Yeah, it's like very obvious at this point, probably with Raquel and Cora winning. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. I need your prediction right now. No, no, that's what you did with the men's. I know I did it so sexist. Well. I saw the Creed thing coming from a mile away, though, and this one a little less I predictive, would, you think a little less predictable because I think that the four teams that make it to the second round are all people that make sense. But I do agree with you that the the main event, I mean, the finals have to be Kaylee so Ray and EO. Who's going to be on the other Cora. side? On the other side, advancing to the second round would be uh, Raquel and Cora and Wendy Chu and Dakota. You think? Yeah, because uh, Persia Parada and Indy Hart will have the, the the stuff going on with Duke Hudson. Okay, I can see that. So I think that Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai come through that one. And I think you're going to rehash some core Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez stuff in the, in the semifinal. I think Raquel Cora would be my pick. All right. You heard your first folks. You heard the creeds first. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's backtrack a little bit. LA Knight and Grayson Waller kind of underwhelming just because of the finish, but I think yeah. the match was very good. 
Uh, LA Knight is just so fucking over. And uh, we continue to say it every week, but my God, I love LA Knight now. Like, I, I remember when he first came around and I was like, all right, whatever. This guy's just whatever. Just, yep, his matches are all right. Yeah, but now it's just like he's so over. Everything he does, I love. I just wish he would have won here. I mean, I think they sold it well to like maybe close it up without needing anything else, but still not underselling either one. I wrote the same thing now. I said decent match, terrible ending. Because so it, it just felt where like it came out of nowhere. Where do you think we're heading for stand and deliver? I mean, we've That's got a great question. we've got an NXT championship match. Uh women's tag probably will be facing the winners of the Dusty Cup, probably, mm-hmm. right? Creeds NXT- versus Imperium. Creeds versus Imperium, uh, North American. I I hope it's a triple threat. Triple threat. I hope it's Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes versus Pete Dunne. I would like that. I would like that a lot. Oh man, I also wouldn't be surprised if they do some sort of multi man like ladder match like they normally do with that. Oh yeah. Um, or if it was like just a triple threat ladder match. Uh, yeah, I mean. Cameron Grimes has proven already he can kill a fucking ladder match. Yeah. So, and then the only other one to talk about is the women's championship, which, in my opinion, it would be the the losers of the finals in the Dusty Cup probably do a triple threat there. You could do Ma- why Ma- Mandy I, Mandy versus Raquel and Cora or Mandy versus Io and Kaylee Ray, which is exactly why I'm kind of flipped a little bit because. Uh, I could easily see Kaylee Ray and Io win so that they go first the tag team titles and do a triple threat with Mandy versus Cora and Raquel again. You know, bring that whole thing back. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah, I could too. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Dusty Cup finals and then the women's championship match all happen before Mania and the, the same team that wins the Dusty Cup don't win the titles because Mandy gets involved. And then the same team that wins the finals is the same team that finishes and goes to uh, Santa Deliver against Mandy. Possibly. I could also see. I that. almost think, what if EO and Kaylee Ray get a one on one match because they break up at the end of the tournament? Ooh. Yeah. But if, I mean, if Santa Deliver is happening on one night, it's going to be a five match card like it always is. So, okay, and you would think, you would, a, you would think noon. that, yeah. And you would think that they would defend all the titles. But yeah, it's potential. I yeah. mean, potential to not happen. I don't know. Uh, what else do you have for NXT? Um, Nikita Lyons debuted. Yep. She got thick. anything else to say about that? Yeah, she got sure. about she got about five C's in that thick. Sure, dude. Yeah, I was I was surprised that she wasn't terrible because yeah, actually the, the promos wasn't... were really cringy. Yeah. And I was yeah, leading I had, up to it. I really wasn't looking forward to it, but like this wasn't bad. Yeah, she has some potential to be pretty good, actually. Yeah. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I agree with that. I think we've talked about literally everything except for how the main event ended. Yeah, we had cameraman Robert Rude, um, the uh, basically Bobby Bobby Rude returning to NXT. Yeah. Um, and he him interfering in the match, uh, costing champ of the match and Ziggler winning. I was so excited Bobby Roode showed up here because now Bobby's back in NXT. And I, I would love some dirty dogs to maybe start running some stuff in NXT. 
you know, oh, if they're both back, if they're both in NXT now, like, oh man, this is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the, the build up to stand and deliver with Bobby Roode back down here. This is where he's thrived. He has not done anything on the main card anywhere near what he did in NXT. No, not even close. So, um, fingers I mean, crossed. Bobby Roode gets some good stuff. All right. Uh, nice. You know, these don't really crack that well. Second summer. Second summer from uh, Holy City. Sour lager with pineapple added. They don't crack that well, but God, they are so good. Have you had their sour IPA? No, I don't Sparkly think they had princess? it. They didn't have that today. Oh, damn. It is the most unique flavored beer I've ever had, I think. Sour oh, IPA. Right. It's hoppy and sour all at once. It's weird. Ooh. Um, all right, let's get into Dynamite and then close out the show. We started with the Tag Team Battle Royal. Hell yeah. My I boy's thought, Red Dragon, dude. I thought this was very good. You know what? And you know what I liked the most about it was. All right. Think, think about it real quick. If WWE did a match like this, how would how would it be different? Because they that's would. what I liked about this match. I'm, I'm legitimately asking you the question. Like, what do you think would have been different about it? And I'm thinking stipulation wise. They would have had both members of the team get eliminated if one gets eliminated. Exactly. And I fucking hate that when they do that because WWE's done that before. And the best part about this was like one person got eliminated, but we ended the match and we had six people in the ring from six different teams. And the, the outcomes were like, oh, my God. Like I when we were walking into this, I thought that there were three possible winners. It was the Young Bucks, Red Dragon and FTR. When I would have put Santana Ortiz in there. Too, oh, and but... Santana Ortiz, because I think they also should be in this. I don't yep. think they're going to be in this uh, triple threat trios tag team match anymore, because I think the Young Bucks are going to win next week now. Yeah. Red Dragon won. But. Man, I thought just because they did that, like at the end of the match, you had Trent Beretta, Johnny Hungy, Santana, um, Dax Harwood. Uh, Matt Jackson and Kyle O'Reilly just duking it out in a battle royal style. Man, it was awesome. It was so good. And then you had like the spot where Santana and Trent Beretta, like the they were on the outside, but like on the um on the apron, and then Red uh O'Reilly and Matt Jackson uh kick them out, and then you're down to the final four. Like, I just thought it was very well put together and Red Dragon wins and they're part of the Triple Tret Trios tag team uh, championship match at Revolution. Then, then booking like Kyle O'Reilly, Matt Jackson, and Johnny Hungy to be the final three just built so well into the storylines they've already been building mm -hmm. because the last elimination becomes Kyle O'Reilly throwing out Matt Jackson, which builds more tension between the elite. Yep. But also Johnny Hungy's there. With, yeah, and we also saw that later in the night with uh, the tension building with those two teams and Adam Cole right smack dab in the middle. Not to mention, like this, this led into a segment where Hangman Adam Page comes out and does story time with Adam Page. Bay Bay. Um, bay Bay. And <laughs> it, well, that wasn't like the best promo work by Page, it was, it was good build and 
all of all of them are still out there. I mean, Paige was still out there. Hungy was like sitting on the ring ropes, like laughing the whole time. Like the the young bucks are all mad on the outside of the ring, and it just built it on a lot of storylines using one singular match that was incredibly well booked. Yeah, it wasn't. It was like as far as like quality ring work, not a whole lot to shake a stick at. But the 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 storytelling is what is what got me here. Like it was just that good. Um, and then the and yeah, and then we had the promo by Hangman Page, not even like light years away from the best promo of the night. Though we had oh, two, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> two just all timers. I you you say all timers. I have some mixed feelings on this MJF one. Okay, I liked both. I liked so we're talking about MJF and then the Jericho Kingston promos. I thoroughly enjoyed both. But go ahead, Chad. I just I is it a swerve or is it not a swerve for the MJF thing is really the big question. I have you seen some stuff online today of people I've going back into the like things that people have put out about like his old Facebook profile and stuff that he actually posted, like the things that he said about himself that made him cry were true. Yeah. Now, whether or not he's using these things to kind of get CM Punk in a vulnerable spot and make him vulnerable for revolution is another story because I think that is where this is going He's saying all these things to make CM Punk a little bit vulnerable going into the dog collar match where he can just uh, – and I I think they're going to play even more into this next week because next week's the last Dynamite. And then they have the dog collar match where CM Punk and MJF are just going – like CM Punk's going to be like, dude, if all that stuff you said was true, I don't want to hurt you. And then MJF during the dog collar match is going to beat the shit out of uh, CM Punk. I think that's where this is going. I would agree with that. I think this is going to be a swerve on MJF's part. It's like a psychological oh, yeah. warfare thing. But it's so good. It's like it's the fact that it's so it's so like MJF can play this sympathetic thing and him being the heel that he is, he can play this little sympathetic story that apparently turned out to be true um and make us all believe like oh shit like I kind of feel bad for him right now. Like that's just how good of a character he is and how good he I is just on don't the mic. Know. I just don't know if anyone could touch what MJF's done in the last like two years on at promo work. I and I, I think no. Adam Cole, you know, is great. I don't know if he's even on the same plateau that fucking MJF has been for the last year or so. The demo not even, god, not even Chris close. Jericho is not not even close. Jericho, Jericho, I would say Jericho is not as good for sure. I wouldn't call him not not even close. Um, Punk, I, like if you're talking about like best promos in the game right now, like MJF is at the top, and you've got like Punk, Jericho, hell Kingston after last uh, two nights ago. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of somebody in WWE. That is a Seth wrestler. Rollins. Seth Rollins, sure. KO can do a good promo work. Yeah, but like it's not like they never give you this level of a promo, probably because they're a little handicapped by Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, as far as what they can say. Like the Miz yeah. is up there. 
Edge is up there. Miz, Miz and Edge. Um, I mean, Edge's promo just this past week on Raw was one of the best ones I've heard a yeah. long time. Yeah, and if we're talking just wrestlers, I think that's it. Uh, outside of that, like Paul Heyman, obviously one of the goats, but goat. But yeah, th- this was incredible. Absolutely, it had incredible. me. It had me paying attention and really wondering if he was able to actually shed those tears or not. And he did. He was. He was. He was crying on his way to the back. Still, this dude, future world champion because of his ability on the mic. I, I'm. I'm. I am sticking by my guns. MJF is the next AEW world champion. There's just maybe there's a lot to clean up there. Maybe at double or nothing. That seems way too soon. I don't know, dude. When we talked about this last time, we said Wardlow versus CM Punk would happen at revolution because cm punk and mjf were gonna be done but now we're kind of delaying the wardlow thing mm, yeah you're right mjf and wardlow still has to happen but i feel like wardlow could still play a part like look how long they what? dragged out look how long they dragged out page and omega they could drag out mjf and wardlow even longer than they want to and they could have wardlow be the first challenger to mjf yeah that's what i was just thinking that makes sense actually if you delay it and you put and it on you the other have side Ward- of and you nothing. have wardlow be the reason mjf got the title in the first place wardlow knowing damn well that once he got mjf to that level that he would be the first challenger that's some damn good storytelling i don't care how long i have to wait for it as long as it happens it's good. Like, look at the payout to the uh, Omega and Page storyline. Like, yeah, during the during the build up to it, like we were all like, "Damn, this is taking a long time." But once the payoff happened, it was I didn't really care how long it took because we got it. I'm just I'm just fifty fifty on MJF builds paying off in the end. Is all I, I will leave it at that. Okay. Um, I thought the CM Punk build in the first match paid off well. But I don't think the Chris Jericho stuff paid off well. There yeah. wasn't a, a good build to the Darby Allen thing, but I thought that was still ended well. Yeah. So, like, 50-50. I don't know. Like, the MGF Moxley match was okay. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's a Moxley match, so, I mean, I'm kind of... Yeah, you're you. But you love John Moxley now. I, I don't love John Moxley now. I do want to cheer for John Moxley way more now than I ever have in the past. Um. All right, next thing that really happened, uh, tag team match. Um, House of Black, the Kings of the Black Throne versus <sighs> Pac and Penta Oscuro. Penta Dark, dude. Penta Dark, yeah. Dude, old school Penta came out here, man. This this was very cool, especially for, like, I don't think I've seen this before. And it was it was very cool for me to see. Especially with the, like the entrance of him coming out of like coming out from behind the the tombstone, and then Abrahantes being there like as like a grave digger with the shovel and wearing the cloak and stuff. the The presentation of it was very very well put together. I've seen him do some of this stuff before between like uh, Lucha Underground and Impact back in the day. So this is kind of throwing it back to some old stuff I remember him doing back in the day as Pentagon Junior when he went Penta Dark, but this was a cool throwback, and then the match was good, very good. A cool little uh, swerve on the mist uh, at the end there where Penta shoves the mist into the mouth of... Uh, yeah, and he kind of chokes on it. Malachi Black, 
which was a cool swerve there. And then uh, Pack and Penta end up getting the win here. Classic 50-50 booking. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, uh, obviously Kings of Black Throne won the last one. Um, and then the, and the match ends and they go to... And Malachi Black goes to like chop Penta's head off with a shovel. Dude, as soon as he was starting to do that, I was like, wait. Because all right, let's let's just let's just fast forward and then rewind because the everything goes dark. Buddy Matthews is all elite. So if you rewind a little bit there, knowing that Buddy Matthews is going to be there, because I feel like everyone kind of knew what was going on. If you didn't, you were living under a rock or you didn't have Twitter. Um, Malachi goes to chop packs. It was, it was pack, right? Pa- chop his fucking head off with a shovel. And it then Penta. it goes, Oh, it was Penta and chop his head off with a shovel. And then everything goes black. And you're like, Oh, I thought buddy Matthews was going to be a part of house of black. And then he comes out and you're kind of like, Oh, I, Maybe he won't be. Maybe he's not here to be part of House of Black. Maybe he's be here to be the foil to what they're doing. Turns out that's not the case. And it turns out that it's just everything everyone's thought is going to happen. And Buddy yeah. Matthews is all elite and he's part of House of Black. So stoked. Uh, this just brings me back to remember all those pay-per-views where like it felt like for six months to like eight months where every pay-per-view there was a cruiserweight championship match and Buddy Mer- Mer- Buddy, Buddy Murphy at the time was just fucking killing it, having like amazing matches against Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander, and those were bangers every time. I missed there him. Was, there was there was that there was that two years. I think it was Mania thirty three and thirty four, where on the pre show they had the cruiserweight title on the line, yep. and they were some of the best matches on those cards. I think thirty three was Neville and Austin Aries, and thirty four was. Murphy, Buddy Murphy and Neville, right? Ali and Cedric oh no, was, I, no, no, no. Oh, there was also the Ali and Cedric Alexander match. That was a pre-show match as well. Yeah, there was like maybe it was thirty-three to thirty-five. I can't even remember, but there were there was a good stretch where like the Mania pre-show had a cruiserweight championship match, and it was one of the best matches on that card. Yeah, and Buddy Murphy was the forefront of the whole thing. Oh yeah. Him, him, Mustafa, Cedric Alexander, hell, Austin Aries, Neville, mm-hmm. they all did a hell of a job with that. And I, it, it just sucks that like Vince never saw it through and like wanted to do anything with it because, yeah, uh, like back in the day, like I loved the cruiserweight division. I mean, when they first started this back up, I had, I had my doubts, especially after the cruiserweight classic had some uh, questionable script uh, choices for who won. <laughs> those matches um yeah somehow zack saber jr and kota ibushi got eliminated by grand metalik and tjp but you know <laughs> it's fine um <laughs> that's but well, like after like the first year who, where like it's all about who had signed with the company yeah after like the first year where like tjp brian kendrick and rich swan all kind of traded it and it, it fell in the hands of neville neville was really able to skyrocket that thing yeah. elevate it to something that we cared about and then at that point those other guys just maintained momentum there was that that slight lull where uh enzo amore won it but um Yeesh. other than that 
those the, the group we've already said really killed the cruiserweight division for those two or three years. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, Jericho and Kingston, their promo. That's what happened shortly after that. You want to know my first note on this match? It wasn't a match. I mean this uh this uh face off here. <laughs> sure. Um, I wrote Jericho's abs because he looked so thin compared to what he was when he was God. the world champion. He looks so fit. He looks and my great. wife. My he wife was great. typing because I was holding the the one and a half year old. Uh, my wife was typing my notes for me, and she wrote, "I was like, write Jericho's abs. They look great." And she goes, Jericho's abs, dot, 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 gay. <laughs> so my first note is Jericho's abs, gay. There's nothing wrong with that, though. There's nothing wrong with thinking he's got great abs. Good yeah. You, Chris. Also, nothing I wish wrong. I had great abs. There's also nothing wrong with being gay. I don't know why that your wife had to say that. Should we cancel your wife? Well, let's cancel her. <laughs> um. Yeah, this was this was incredible. Um, and we've got Jericho versus Kingston at Revolution now. This is not one of the matches that I'm very much looking forward to, which probably means it's going to kill it. Well, Jericho could go with anybody. But like in the last year, like he hasn't really put on that great of matches, and Kingston's not like the best. But I think if we yeah. if we go like a brawling route here, this could be incredible, especially if they add a stipulation to it, even better. Yeah, let's make this a false count anywhere or something like that match. And actually have the fall count like somewhere outside anywhere. of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Dude, would this be uh this uh face off had references to <laughs> Eddie Edwards from, from Impact. Yeah. It had Willow Nightingale getting called out by no Eddie idea Kingston. who that was. And then I saw Willow. On, I saw on Twitter that she acknowledged she was like, just woke up. Was there anything that happened last night? <laughs> yeah, she's uh she's she was big in Ring of Honor before they broke okay. apart. She's really she's really good. And then they uh the very end, Kingston said, uh, I want to face the guy that uh your good buddy Levesque would have not wanted to face or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, he just called Triple H's real name out on AEW. Yeah, let's go. I'm down. The, this was the one this was like, my this is the promo I, I prefer of the night. This is my favorite face off I've seen since like the MJF CM Punk face off. I just love it. Like, like I think this is the reason why I love AEW so much is because they don't they are not afraid to like not pull any punches when it comes to competition and then like wwe seems like they kind of are because they'll never reference it and i just want there to be a competition i want there to be both companies acknowledging that there is a competition between the two and then it's on you know i I don't mind that we keep it we keep it separate and don't talk about the other company too much but I do like these subtle jabs. I wish we just stick to the subtle jabs. The subtle jabs. And then also, well, the thing that upsets me the most is that like things that happened in the past, like a lot of times in WWE, like when the one when something big happens in somebody's past, but the something big happened against a wrestler that's no longer with the company, they just don't reference it. Yeah, that's true. And it's just like really I mean, they're doing better like, than that even in WWE because they mentioned Mox's name a lot recently so yeah I mean, I in the main WWE's event getting better in the main event sometimes like you'll have a main event star that has some pool that means like 
that'll be like, hey, we need to mention this in the promo. But like with anyone else, like think think about who we're talking about there. Like we were talking about Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Of course, they're going to mention that. They have enough pool in the company to be like, we should probably mention this. Maybe, yeah. I mean, pipe bomb. You know, you got enough pool. You got enough pool to be able to go out there and do the pipe bomb. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick note: Ricky Starks qualifies for the face of the Revolution ladder match. Um, not Preston Vance, unfortunately. Not that a big been, guy. Could have could have been another relatively big guy in the match. Uh, I loved the memes of like just there was a meme of. Uh, it was like Ricky Starks in the in the ladder match, and it was like Rey Mysterio looking at Big Show, the Great Khali, and Mark Henry. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be good. I, I'm excited to see who else is in that match uh, here in the coming weeks. Actually, we kind of need to close it out yeah. here. Forgot because next so week there's a Orange Cassidy versus Max Caster match or Anthony Bowens match on Friday. Yeah, so it'll probably be Cassidy. And then um, I've kind of got my money on the last member of this ladder match being Hook. No way. Think about it. Powerhouse Hobbs and Starks are already in the match. No way. Hook's not ready for that. Just you wait. Also, if you look at the Wikipedia page, Hook is on the poster. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think he's ready for that. It's going to be good, dude. It's going to be good. He's I ready. Do, He's ready. I like the backstage segment after this match where uh, Keith Lee was talking. It kind of had like the, the FTW group versus Keith Lee vibe yeah. that there might be something after Revolution with yeah. Keith Lee getting his Keith, first rivalry Keith, against like, those guys. I think Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs having a rivalry like two, like, l- l- let's be honest, like big meaty two men, big sweaty men, big meaty men slapping meat is what that's going to be. And I cannot Vince wait McMahon for that. Would- we cream his shorts over that match. <laughs> yeah, insert the Vince McMahon meme of like the progressive, like him progressively getting, <laughs> him progressively getting closer to climax. It's yeah. like <laughs> la- ladder match adds uh, powerhouse Hobbs. Oh, and then adds <laughs> Keith Lee, <laughs> adds uh, Wardlow. He's like, oh, and he's like falling out of the back of his chair. Yeah. Um. All right. TBS title was defended on TBS. I appreciated that. I'll come. I will always continue to uh, acknowledge that when it happens. Um, I think I always, we got a their new number one contender there. I I saw on Wikipedia that Jade Cargill versus Ty Conti was on the Wikipedia page, and then I looked today, and it was not. <clears throat> so that is not official, but probably going to happen at Revolution, and I'm down for that. That that'll be a yeah. good match. Jade Cargill's coming along. Oh, yeah. so well so well every match is better than the last one she's clearly getting some really good training i've read some stuff online that says brian danielson has taken an interest in helping her improve and it's noticeable how much work they're putting in to help oh, her yeah. get up to stuff absolutely so. um and then the main event was brian danielson versus uh daniel garcia they labeled this as a dream match sure huh. Nope, not really. I honestly really. didn't even think that it was that great because of the te- yeah. the, the time that they gave it. Um, the the big highlight out of this, obviously, Danielson wins. But the big highlight out of this is that we're getting Danielson versus Moxley 
at Revolution, and that is official now. Hell yeah. So let's go, Mox. I think that is probably match of the night. But Adam, Adam Cole, Cole Adam versus, Cole Adam versus Page Hangman could, Page could also like not to mention the if the then, Young Bucks versus FTR. I mean, no, sorry, the Red Dragon versus Jurassic Express is the triple threat match there. Holy shit. This card and, has come out of nowhere. Brit versus Thunder Rosa. After I don't the, think that will live up to hype. Well, mm, because, because it's not going to be the light out. It's not going to be the lights out match. I could see that. Um, I do agree with you, though. Mox and Danielson is going to steal the show here, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's going to be probably best match in the card, and I am very excited for that. Uh, very excited for Revolution, which next week on this show, we are going to have our predictions for AEW Revolution. I am hoping that all three of us will be back next week. We will see. Chad is going to be in the middle of moving back to Virginia. He is yeah, leaving yeah. us in person. Uh, and Joe might still be in shift work next week. So who knows? Maybe it'll just be me here for 30 minutes being like, here's what my predictions for a revolution are. And it'll be a terrible show. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I'll try my best um but yeah we're gonna have our predictions for AEW revolution next week and then the weekly recap is going to be for at least for the AEW side the final build to revolution and then uh smackdown raw and smackdown the build to wrestlemania and then nxt 2.0 also the build to stand and deliver so it's gonna be great as always you can follow us on twitter at ddt wrestle pod we have been the drunk dudes dylan and chad and we'll catch you on down the road